This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia Mawera. Kia Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. We have been at the Professional Practice Symposium all day. And a long day it has been. But lots of good feedback, lots of good discussions, lots of amazing work that learners are doing, more amazing work that, that staff are doing, of course. And... <laughs> And it's good to have it done. It's good to be building a community of people doing this kind of this kind of research, this kind of thinking. It is. And who are we introducing today? Speaking of the wonderful work people do, it is my great pleasure to introduce Grant Ricks. Grant is the director of Pause, Breathe, Smile. And Grant, um, I came across your work quite by chance, and I was super glad that I did. So welcome to the show today, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Kia ora, Grant. Where are you? I'm actually in Queenstown. Just uh, moved here a, a couple of months ago down from the Bay of Plenty, uh, funnily enough. So from Maweta's neck of the woods to your neck of the woods. So we've been asking people how they're their bubble life is and of course now we have to to talk about the multiple bubble lives that we've had so let's go for last year's bubble life you were in the bay of plenty last year for that yeah yeah just near katikati between tauranga and katikati um it we were living rurally um so it wasn't too different for us from the norm you know i mean we did have a few sort of um you know we we lost we lost some income through through the work we were doing, like many people. Um, but in terms of day-to-day life, I mean, we were, you know, just sort of going about our daily business as usual. Um, so, I mean, like a number of people out there on one level, I mean, the loss of income wasn't so great, but on the on the kind of personal well-being level, um, you know, it sort of managed to uh, reinstigate some positive habits uh, you know, the daily walks around the area. And uh, thankfully, during that lockdown, the sun was shining uh, on most of us where we were. Uh, so, yeah, it had some, had some positive benefits as well as, um, you know, its its own stresses that it brought as well. It was glorious weather for that first lockdown. I wonder how much of an impact that had on the, mm. the, the feel-good Mixed in with the anxiety, but the overwhelming thing, I think, the people actually came out of that feeling quite positive. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, for us in particular, it was a chance to really take stock. And, um, you know, like many people who who are, who are in the pr- um, position to be able to do so, 
you know, it really helped us to consider a bit of a lifestyle change that we'd been contemplating for for quite some time, hence the move um, down this way uh, this year. So you've moved to Queenstown. What brought that on? Yeah, well, we, my wife and I actually met here about 20 years ago, and uh, we lived here then before we went travelling and, and parked ourselves in the Bay of Plenty after coming back from our travels. Um, and, you know, we still have a, have a quite a community of um, people and friends down this way. And over the years, we'd, um, you know, we'd made numerous trips back down to, to Queenstown. And, um, yeah, and so we'd always kind of talked about uh, the possibility of moving back to uh, Central Otago at some point in our lives. And our daughter, we have one daughter, and she is about to start high school next year. Um, so we figured uh, now is the time to do it. Um, and to get her settled in uh, for her for her final year of intermediate school and making some friends and you know ready to go to high school and thankfully that's worked out really well she's settled in really well and um, is is thriving um, so yeah big big change but a positive change too. So what work is it that you do? You, maybe you have to give us Paul's brief smile one hundred and one. Yeah, sure. So Pause, Breathe, Smile is a mind health program um, designed, I worked at the Mental Health Foundation for seven years. And during that time, uh, I developed this program and, you know, had the support of of a a number of um, very good minds and people within mental health and education and psychology and so on. And, uh, and came up with this program, which is a, well, it's a mindfulness-based well-being program Um, and it is eight lessons long uh, which is designed to be delivered in schools um, primary and intermediate schools Uh, one lesson per week over eight weeks and there's a whole bunch of activities that we ask um, schools to do you know in between the lessons to really integrate the learning so more or less a a full term of diving into mindfulness-based practice uh, and then you know, we were very fortunate. I mean, I mentioned sort of earlier about the, you know, the loss of income we experienced over lockdown last year. Um, but fortunately, we were also in the process of setting ourselves up as a charity, the Poresbury Smile Trust, and um, Southern Cross came on board to fully fund our work, um, which has meant that the program, Poresbury Smile, is now freely available to any primary and intermediate school uh, in New Zealand. What it also meant is um, it helped me to really start addressing and ticking off some things that were on my wish list for many years. Uh, one of those being, you know, how we can support schools after they complete uh, lesson eight of Poresbury Smile, because it's a really great program. And, and with many schools who, you know, um, lay that foundation, those eight lessons, and then really go and run with it and integrate uh, mindfulness-based practice on a daily basis within their classroom life, which is uh, what we intend and want to see. Uh, but we know also that other schools need a little bit more support to help them with that integration phase after they've finished the eight lessons. And um, and that's, that. I mean, the lockdown this year, even though, you know, where we are in this part of the world, you know, schools are open and so on. But of course, um, 
it did have an impact for a few weeks there, and the impact carries on for our our neighbours up in in Auckland and in the Waikato in particular. Um, what that has meant is it's it's really given us this opportunity to really focus in on some of that other work and and developing new resources and new activities to support schools once they finish those lessons. I want to come back and talk about the premise of what Paul's Breathe Smile is and what he's trying to achieve. But first, let's squeeze in the first of your music choices. Let's have Kevin Warby Parade. Why this one? You know, um, I think the amazing thing about Spotify is that it throws up music options for you that you have never heard of before. Um, and so about five years ago, I think it it offered me the opportunity to listen to Kevin Warby. And um, very quickly, you know, that, that sort of entered my heavy rotation and um, became one of my favorite singer-songwriters of modern times. Um, so yeah, just, I just I enjoy his voice. I enjoy the instrumentation. I really like the lyrics in the first verse of this um, tune. Yeah, just really feel good music. Touch the ground Oh, the 
cheeky extra bit on the end of that song. Grant, what's the... You're talking about pause, breathe, smile. What are you trying to achieve? Well, really, it's about helping our tamariki to uh, manage the ups and downs of life, you know, to really reduce stress. Uh, And that's, I mean, that's a big thing about mindfulness is that it really uh, does help to um, reduce stress and manage the worries and help us to come back to the present moment where our lives are actually taking place. And every time we do that, you know, the nervous system can start to self-regulate and come back to a place of balance where we can feel um, calm and clear. So that's really one aspect is to help that kind of self-managing aspect, which is, I would say, the number one way we see kids using these strategies once they go through the program is to recognize and be able to name their emotions, which is really important, uh, to understand and accept that actually no matter how I'm feeling, it's okay to feel this way. And that's a really important message in the program. And I think a really important message for our tamariki and our rangatahi and all of us actually is that no matter how you're feeling, it's okay to feel that way. It's not okay to to act out on it all the time. You know, if you're feeling angry, it's not okay to go and hit someone. But that's that's the next step. It's okay to recognize that I'm angry. That's really important. And to go, uh, it's okay that I, I feel this way because something happened that, that triggered that anger and it's probably a legitimate response to whatever the situation was. So really learning how to not beat ourselves up for how we're feeling, um, but then to apply strategies that can uh, kind of diffuse that emotional tension in positive, healthy ways that benefit us by bringing us back to a place of of calm and clarity from which we can then go and address whatever the situation is that needs addressing. And also, of course, helps those around us um, by, you know, not getting into altercations or situations that may cause harm. So that's one of the big things is the self-management factor. And then the other big thing is really actually uh, maximizing our human potential in a way. So, you know, we can think of like two core components of mindfulness. Everyone talks about the presence factor, which is really important, but that's only one half of it. You know, the ability to bring our wandering mind back to the present moment, to be fully here for the life that I'm living and the many aspects of this moment, my thoughts, my feelings, you know, this conversation I'm happening to be fully present for that. That's one aspect. But then the the other side of it, the other component of mindfulness is that when I turn up for my life and turn up for this moment, that I actually care for this moment as well. And so that means cultivating uh, the best qualities of the human heart, like, you know, my ability to practice more kindness, uh, to be less judgmental of myself and of others, uh, to be curious about what's going on, open, accepting. Um, compassionate, all of these things. So we can think of that first dimension of mindfulness practice, the act of actually being present. Um, we know, you know, we know through our research of Pause, Breathe, Smile, but also mindfulness generally, is that really helps to minimize distress and stress and worry and so on uh, by caring for the moment when we turn up for it and cultivating those qualities of the heart that's the aspect where we can really start to maximize our potential as human beings. And so 
the the important thing for our tamariki and in, in schools is to um, you know help them to learn how to self manage, um, but also to uh, really thrive. You know, thrive now and in the future. You talked about not getting into situations that may cause harm. We're in a global situation that may cause harm, as in the pandemic. Are you seeing that the responses that we're having, I think particularly from our government, has got that mindfulness in mind? Um, well, I'm not sure if I, I would you know, necessarily have the experience to comment on, on the government's response. I think, you know, I think there is a, a lot of genuine sort of heart in, in what they're trying to achieve. You know, the intentions are really good. Um, but I think, you know, just for all of us, the pandemic, it does, it throws up, you know, so much uncertainty, so much feelings of anxiety. And, um, you know, as, as what, tends to happen is our, our tamariki and our rangatahi, you know, they feel that stuff the most. And I think I read somewhere the other day just a headline on, on, a, on a website. Um, it was saying that our young people are experiencing almost constant anxiety now. And, mm. you know, that's, that's the pandemic, that's COVID, um, that's climate change, you know. And, um, I mean, the, the future has never looked more uncertain than the time we live in now, at least, you know, and now and now um, the people living on the planet now, it's never looked so uncertain for us. Um, and so I think these skills, you know, that being able to actually, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, actually one of the um, main reasons for mindfulness practice is to learn to cease to be overwhelmed by life circumstances. That's kind of it. Basically, well, that's what it's about. And, you know, so when we're in those situations where we feel like we are becoming overwhelmed, uh, to have skills and strategies and the know-how to be able to interrupt that feeling of overwhelm and redirect our, our mind, our attention back to where the body is, which is always at home in the present moment, really helps that self-regulating factor of the nervous system to come in and bring about a sense of calm. And then at the same time, if we're cultivating those other qualities I talked about earlier, those qualities of the heart, you know, um, I think they really help tap into uh, qualities and potential we have as human beings to be able to um, solve problems effectively, to be able to respond in skillful ways to what we're facing. So I think it's, it's needed now more than ever, these skills in these uncertain times and the, the the messaging that the government's giving which doesn't completely describe what you're, you're talking about but it's it's sort of close is that be kind message do you think that that mm. were and, and some, some people have said why did we need a message to tell us to be kind isn't that something we should be doing anyway but i think other I, I think that it's something about that, both that, that stopping and realising, you know, looking after yourself, but also the be kind as in that sort of positive thing, being positive to yourself and to to others. I think it's worked because it's something that we we know we should be doing anyway. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's, you know, all of these things are easier said than done. 
And so when people say that, you know, why do we need the, I mean, I think it's great that the government is saying this. I think every government should be um, sending this message out of being kind, no matter, um, you know, what side of the, of the um, aisle they sit on. I mean, we can all agree that kindness is really important. And, um, you know, and, and so I think, yes, great that the government is, is saying that. And for people who are saying, you know, do we really need the government to say that? Shouldn't we be doing that anyway? I think it's like everything. It's easier said than done. And um, it's a practice. You know, kindness is a practice. It's not something that you ever stop doing, like mindfulness. You know, it's a, it's a practice. It's ongoing. It's about how we turn up for every moment of our lives and how we care for that moment once we've turned up for it. And because life never stops, it means that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a continuous practice. So I think having continuous reminders is really uh, fundamental to be a, being able to practice that. And it actually, I think with the Pawsbury Smile Programme, you know, one of the things that we do is we go into schools and we train the whole school. And we train every teacher in the school and, and the leadership and, you know, everyone who, who works there. And what we, what we find, not only is it um, great for uh, the learners in the school, but actually teachers get a, a lot of benefit out of the training themselves. They take away a lot. And, and what it does also is it, it gives the school a common language form that they start using throughout the school. So they start talking about, uh, you know, things like um, noticing when we're in our red zone, you know, when we're getting the fight flight response is getting triggered and using strategies to help come back into our green zone, which is that more balanced state. Um, they talk about, you know, um, different different kind of types of happiness that we, we explore in the program. You know, that happiness is not something that just comes from getting treats and external kind of things but is actually um, can grow on the inside as a result of the way we're using our body and our minds and engaging in these you know acts of kindness and so on so uh, that's another common thing is the difference between treat happiness and peace inside happiness and you see that language starting to embed and when everyone's using that language uh, right from the principal um, all the way uh, through the school then um, that serves as a real strong basis for actually practicing these strategies and skills. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arahanui, kia koutou, kotawaho. I hope you're all happy stay, people stars, and your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, Whatever's at you, this journey we're all on together is proven to be very rewarded, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you triumph of nature is perfect, unique, and here. Thank you. So I know that for all of us, for nearly two years now, we've had a lot of stress and strain, struggle and strife from being in the midst of this global pandemic. And luckily for us here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we've had very fortunate and relatively unimpinged time. We've been able to work together as the team of five million. We've done incredibly well getting through this very, very tricky time. And of course, for all of us, we've learned so much. We are learning so much and this is what we do and have been doing. 
in a co-evolution with all life in an infinite way since our universe erupted into being and how wonderful at all times that we can remember this. We can trace our whakapapa and our genealogy back through all life and see our relationships, all the relationships that constantly surround us, showing us the way home, showing us the way back to our essential nature. And it's no different now. All those connections, all those relationships that have ever been will always be. Nothing will ever be lost, only change. And of course, what we can do always is give and feel ourselves loving. Often when we are having to farewell a relationship in our life or farewell a way of life, farewell a way of doing, being, seeing, feeling that we have so enjoyed and prized and loved. It is the sense of the love, not having a place to go, not having a direction to move in and flow in. But of course, we can always give love. We can always feel ourselves loving. It may just be directed in a new way may just be focused on a new aspect of our lives that we haven't met yet or we haven't loved yet so i really hope for you you're having the opportunity to feel yourself loving feel the nurturer that you are that even in these very uncertain times we can always be sure of the skills we possess that innately we are nurturers we are lovers we are carers and this has made us who we are as a species so even if we find ourselves at a crossroads having to farewell some people in our lives having to farewell some aspects that we've become so in love with that love is always there and that ability to love is always there so we can really relish the opportunity to choose where to direct it next and of course one of the most fundamental and helpful places to direct our love and feel ourselves loving is towards ourselves i really hope that you can feel proud how well you've done over this very difficult time having to learn and grow and change so much so fast under very stressful circumstances having to make decisions in the midst of all this change seeing relationships and connections shift and change and move apart or move closer together all these things that we've all shared can give us strength can uplift us can remind us the beautiful loving creatures that we are I'm so grateful to be part of this show. Thank you to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team and all of you for having me. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Grant Ricks. Grant, we, um, we certainly need to do a lot of work supporting our youngsters in the primary and intermediate, but I worry about those at high school um, while our youngsters have got, you know, climate change is a thing, COVID's a thing, um, that those those are real they are real issues for them but I worry that for our, the older rangatahi who are in high school the ones who are just sort of starting to think about what to do beyond school that the level of stress in their life is so intense at the moment even just future the future of work is enough of a of a strain and I, I look in and I don't see the supports there for them so how can we support that group as well? Yeah, it's a, it's a really big, important question. And uh, actually, one of the reasons that we focused on the early years was to, you know, help instill these strategies early in life um, so that when kids get to high school, they've been through a process where they, where they um, have these skills to call upon 
And, um, you know, it's often talked about in, in different therapies and in and, and, and mindfulness circles as well about the, the kind of sleeper effect or the sleeper element that, you know, kids may not necessarily um, understand straight away why this is important, although I have to say that, um, you know, kids really take to this stuff. Um, but it's when, you know, it's when they get in, caught in that situation where, you know, they're experiencing quite significant stress or something major happens in their life um, that, um, you know, hopefully they can call upon these strategies and these skills and they already have a little bit of facility with them. Um, so they kind of wake up to that um, and that really supports them through those teenage years. So that's sort of, with Pawsbury Spa, we went with the mental health promotion maxim of, you know, the younger the better um, to start this work. Um, and that's all good and well, you know, for our um, children in, in primary and intermediate schools at the moment. Um, but what about, um, you know, it's good and well for them when they get to high school, but what about our high school students right now? We did a little bit of um, work with Pawsbury Smile a few years ago at sort of year nine, 10 level, and, um, and it showed some real promising signs of success there. Uh, but then when, when we... Um, we got the funding from Southern Cross. Um, you know, we we really went with focusing on primary and intermediate schools to get the maximum impact and to really, you know, focus our energies on that core work. Um, I, you know, I think a, a little shout out here for our friends at the Kindness Institute um, who have been doing amazing work with um, mindfulness, uh, with rangatahi, uh, particularly through. Uh, the Artify program that they run, and I know that they've got aspirations to start moving into the high school space too, and um, and I'd be very keen to see them get supported to do that work in high schools. If there was one thing that you could, um, one little bit of uh, ad advice that you could give to parents or um, or teachers now who are dealing with kids, especially coming into the exams, on, on how to deal with the stress that they're feeling. What, what what would that be? What would that look like? Well, I think my general advice to teachers and parents would be, um, you, you know, to really model this. And, you know, if we want our, our kids, our tamariki and our rangatahi, to um, utilise and practice these strategies that we know work and to be more mindful, then that really starts with our own practice and our own modelling of that. And often I think you know, kids are picking up on the anxiety of their parents and their, you know, their caregivers. And, um, and so we can do, you know, and the most important thing to them too is positive relationships with the adults around them and their peers, but very, very much so with the adults around them. And so, you know, if we can put into to practice this idea of uh, just being present, you know, putting down our preconceived ideas about a situation and, and meeting it freshly, even if we think we know this young person really well, um, you know, just putting down those preconceived ideas a little bit and being there really freshly with them to allow for them to be who they are in that moment. Um, that alone, you know, will really speak volumes to them and help them to lower their stress levels and, um, and to, to be able to listen and engage 
Um, I think in terms of, you know, around exam time, uh, what we have actually, we have a, um, a page on our website, um, which is, it's still called our free resources page, which is a little bit odd because everything we do is, is free to schools, but it is sort of, um, you know, it's, it's the, it's, it's a page that has a number of mindfulness, guided mindfulness practices on it, um, that anyone at home can go on and listen to. And, you know, they can be really helpful just to calm the nerves, calm the anxiety, um, and, you know, really help our, our young people to, to um, feel like they've got this. You know, I think that's the other thing. It's sort of like we, we live in this, uh, my, my niece is um, 17 and, you know, going into her final year of exams um, and, you know, it's massively disrupted, like all young people. And I know her, her anxiety levels are up as a result of that. Um, but I think, you know, if, if, if they're relatively well prepared for um, an exam, then it's helping them to really calm that stress, calm those nerves. Um, but then I think, you know, the other side of that is the, um, the, the kind of structural adaptations that need to be made. And I understand the government's looking at um, releasing some of the pressure around exams. So that's the other thing. It can't all be on our, our kids and our young people to, to manage this. We need to be mindful of these pressures that they're facing and make our adjustments to the power structures to really support them um, to thrive. On your website, it says that we're trying to thrive, not just survive. Is a... Is a pandemic a good time to be learning these things or do we want to be learning them in some, some, some sort of comfort before that? I suppose it's a case of it's never too late. Yeah, I mean, it's totally both. And I think what, what a pandemic does and things like this is it kind of spotlights the skills that we need to have in place. And it's never too late. And, you know, I think the thing about thriving or this idea of flourishing and, you know, building these um, kind of positive qualities of, of mind and body that can come through this mindfulness-based practice is, is what that does is it, it kind of develops the psychological resources or the inner strength we need to really... Um, respond well and not get overwhelmed by these episodes of crises and um you know so so the ideal scenario is yes we would have been practicing these from day dot for generations um but it's never too late and i think actually uh, the great thing about mindfulness is it does minimize stress and distress and you know, everyone learning a few basic mindfulness techniques, like learning how to be mindful of breathing. You know, we know that that really, really does help the nervous system to self-regulate and bring us down from those heightened states, that fight-flight response back into a place of calm and clarity. Um, you know, we need these now more than ever. I'm going to squeeze in the second of your music choices, The Cat Empire. The Chariot, why this? 
So this, I mean, in contrast to the last song, I think this is sort of, you know, really upbeat. And um, I mean, it's got a great message, I think, you know, about essentially music um, connecting us all together. And um, it's just a really fun tune. I mean, I've been, you know, the Cat Empire has sort of been in my life for nearly 20 years, I suppose. And um, summertime is when it, when it kind of finds its way back to the stereo. So now that the weather's warming up, I think it's a good track.
Air Force flying when the frisbee in the sky. Have a session while we're smoking, now we're feeling extra high. And we sneak into a car park with the skaties on our back. When we're flying down the level, sounding on the attack, now on the attack and battles. They happen in these nights, so see we'd rather fight with music, choosing one, the rhythm war. Battle at these shakedowns and we battle at these gigs. We do battle in our bedrooms, mates, us, we'd love to defeat. And our allies grew wherever we would grow. See, whenever we together, any stranger feel at home. In a way, we are an army, but this army not distract. No, instead, we're doing simple things, good loving, finding, run amok. This be a declaration written about my friends. It's engraved into this song so they know I'm not forgetting them. See, maybe if the world can tame more people like these, then the news would not be telling me about all our warfare endlessly. Yes. Our weapons were our instruments, made from our timber and steel. We never yielded to conformity, but stood like kings in a chariot that's riding on a record. Jazz, ska, funk, rock. I'll, I'll take it for the ska. Just looking at your website, there's some certainly some intriguing resources and ideas there. I like straight back, strong belly, straight back, soft belly. Gratitude soft experiment, belly, yeah. making a mind jar, outrageous bursts of all right. Certainly engaging. Mm. And, uh, you know, some of those um, resources you named there are really just sort of uh, videos um, that help support some of the lessons of um, pause, breathe, smile. So you know, outrageous bursts of all right. That's um, from my my good friend and and colleague and and Christchurch and the work he's been doing with the DHB there and the Mental Health Foundation around the All Right campaign. Um, but that really supports you know some of the themes of pause, breathe, smile. So just sort of fun little. Video. So straight back, soft belly. That's um, that's a core practice of pause, breathe, smile. So we get the um, kids and their teachers to engage in that on a daily basis um, throughout the eight weeks. And really, that's a it's a mindful breathing practice, and it's um, about using our physical posture in a way to help train our mind to kind of embrace and cultivate these two broad qualities of feeling both relaxed and alert. So soft belly is about feeling calm and present and relaxed in this moment. Straight back is I'm awake to this moment. I'm not just, you know, falling asleep in my relaxation. I'm, I'm present here um, and, and available and engaged. So my problem is I get up early and go swimming. So if I do do relaxing later in the day, I'm asleep, I'm gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's not always a bad thing, though, is it? Especially in this, how busy we all are. You know, sometimes you just need 
fall asleep. And it's actually one of the things we say in the program is that, you know, if you do fall asleep, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll come into balance eventually. Grant, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years now. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Oh, man, that's a big, big question. Um, well, I, you know, I think this, um, I really hope that this co-papa of kindness, you know, that, that our government is promoting. Above all else, I really hope that sticks. You know, what I often say to my daughter is, you know, the two most important qualities I think we can really develop is kindness and the ability to let go, you know, and really um, not always need to be in control of, of every situation because that can bring, you know, a lot of anxiety as well. So, yeah, I'm really hoping that kindness sticks. Um, obviously hoping that that mindfulness um, really becomes a part of the way we live our lives. And in fact, I'd like it to become so ubiquitous that we stop talking about mindfulness, you know, because it has a a whole lot of um, connotations and and things about and assumptions like, like most things. But really, it's about actually, I'm here, I'm engaged, I'm present with you and for you and with whatever my own needs are. And, you know, that I see that really as the foundation of a, of a really healthy, thriving life. So that's, a, that's what I'd really like to see stick. I have some questions to end the show with and not very much time, so we shall have to wriggle. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? So I think with, well, the biggest in the last couple is probably um, Southern Cross coming on board and funding this work. You know, and that's really taken away the financial barrier for um, schools. And as such, I mean, we're going, we go, we can, we can, and do go anywhere in the country, and and we're available tomorrow as well to go to schools. And so, you know, we're going in and out of small rural schools and remote locations and large urban schools in our main centres. And you know, we're really seeing the difference. And then I think. Also, um, you know, we've just been doing a, a pilot of Pawsbury Smile Kudamari, um, delivering it in, in Te Reo Māori, and, and the facilitator there has um, been very, very much looking at uh, what is needed by way of adaptations to make this really responsive to Tamariki Māori and, and Kayako Māori, and, um, and, you know, to ensure that it, it's sort of delivered from a te ao Māori perspective. So that's really exciting times to see what's coming out of that work. Um, and and then the research we've done is the other thing is that, you know, we've we've researched this well. We've got peer-reviewed studies of Pawsbury Smile. And, um, you know, it does what it says on the can, really. It, you know, it helps kids to experience calm. It helps them to manage their emotions. It helps build positive relationships. Um, you know, it increases emotional well-being, um, and it reduces stress for teachers as well, which is um, you know vitally important. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What is your superpower? What's got you into the mansion? What's my superpower? Um, Goodness, maybe, oh, well, I don't know. I think, you know, I've, I mean, I've been practicing this stuff for 20 years and um, 
I don't know where my life would be without it. Uh, so I think my superpower is not to take life too seriously, but to take it serious enough to want to make a difference in the world. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I guess I do, you know. I mean, it's it's um, when we started this, it was, you know, I think it was quite challenging for um, the status quo um, to start to look to bring mindfulness into schools and education. And, um, you know, we're nearly 10 years down the track with this work. And actually, it's, um, you know, it's becoming really very mainstream now. And, um, you know, I like to think that we we really broke a lot of ground. Um, and so I guess I guess I would consider myself an activist in, in that way. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Making a difference in the world, you know, that really, really motivates me. I, I love to do my own mindfulness practice, you know, and I, I really get a lot of joy out of that. So that, that gets me up. And, um, you know, just, just really being there for my family and making sure that, um, that they're happy. And if they're happy, then I'm happy. Um, yeah, those are, those are the main things. And what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or two? I think I'm really looking forward to seeing this work grow um, even further and and beyond the point where it's at. Um, I'm really excited by, uh, you know, the potential for this within uh, full immersion Māori settings as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just really, I just want to see this take off even more. That's, that's the main thing. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Hmm. I think, you know, go on our website if you're interested, pausebreathesmile.nz, and um, have a look. And if it, if it resonates or anything here's resonated, you know, be in touch with your local school and um, see if they're doing the program. You know, we know it makes a difference. And uh, we know actually that uh, kids who learn this stuff really value it by the way they take it home and share it with their whānau. And uh, that's great because we don't set homework for them. You know, they just do that of their own accord. So we know they really value it. And um, and if you're interested in, in mindfulness practice yourself, you know, check out what local groups are around. We have a, a course online that you could maybe engage with. But, um, you know, there's nothing like face-to-face learning as well. And there's, there's plenty happening um, in, in communities around New Zealand, you know, once we're we're in level two or lower, of course. Yeah, that would be the main advice. Thank you for that. Mawira. Grant, um, there's so many challenges in the future for our children and everything that we can do to add more tools to their toolbox is the greatest gift that we can give them. And the, the tool that you're adding is significant. Thank you for this work that you're doing and for the difference that you make. We appreciate you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about it. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you.
your little grin really working it for me And well we like to smile, it makes feel nice I like to take my tea, sugar and my spice so I can mix it up I give in and I get reminiscing about the moments I don't want to forget Waking up to the morning dew The sun be rising up right here, right now for me and you In the distance, the edge of the horizon Standing there, playing my guitar Listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Duncan Disorderly and the Scallywags Smiling. I'm Sammy Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and from Queenstown we've been joined today by Grant Ricks. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. My dancing to this song. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.